Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Playing Thrill with Froggy and Wacker. Welcome to another edition of the Playing Through Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It's Froggy from Elvis Duran of the Morning Show. Uh, Brian Wacker, not here today. Uh, he is out on the road, always following golf. We'll check in with him soon and find out exactly what's going on, uh, where we are in the FedEx Cup race. But today, I want to talk to a, uh, a guy who makes golf balls. You know, the golf ball debate. You know, everybody's busy paying so much money for golf balls. Every time you go to the store to buy a dozen golf balls, you think to yourself, oh, I've got to buy the best golf ball out there because it's the most expensive. And then when you hit it in the water, you end up going to look for it for 15 minutes and slowing the group down behind you. Well, there are other options when it comes to golf balls. You don't always have to buy that $45, $50 a dozen golf ball. And today we're talking to Sam, the inventor, the owner of Cut Golf. And Sam, tell us a little bit about Cut Golf Balls. Well, Froggy, uh, first off, thanks for uh, having me on today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and then to give you guys a little give you a little bit of background on Cut Golf, um, it actually started just around uh, two years ago. Um, I was on the golf course. I was, may- maybe like some of your listeners, losing somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six, you know, golf balls around. Right. Um, you know, I was, I was playing some of those premium brands that are out there, you know, where you're paying, you know, anywhere from 35 to $49 a pop. And I just, you know, I, I was seeing the success that brands like Dollar Shave Club were having and just understood that, you know, really was starting to see that there was no reason that anyone should have to pay, you know, 35 $49, you know, for a premium golf ball if they didn't want to. Um, so I, I started, you know, doing my research into golf ball manufacturing, started locating some, you know, reputable, incredible, you know, factories over in Asia and, you know, started bringing in samples. Um, we brought in, you know, some, some good samples. We brought in some bad samples. We brought some stuff in that I would, you know, I'm doing my air quotes over here would say we're kind of shady, um, you know, there's there's a lot of knockoff product out there, um, and we were starting to see some of that, which you know we we definitely steered clear of. And you know, through some TrackMan testing, on course testing, we were able to hone in on 
a very good, you know, factory to partner with um, that was able to initially deliver a four-piece urethane ball, um, a three-piece Serlin ball, and a two-piece Serlin ball was, was what we initially had launched with. And, you know, after that, um, fast forward to end of February 2017 when we launched, and then we were off to the races. So how exactly, well, we're here first. I'm, I've got a c- couple different questions. So what's the difference in a Serlin cover and a urethane cover? So a urethane cover is, is what, you know, we, what, what the market refers to as being, you know, a tour quality golf ball. So, uh, um, you know, weekend in, weekend out on the PGA Tour, all of our favorite guys out there are using a urethane cover um, golf ball. Um, same as the senior tour, even though last I checked, I believe there's one guy on the senior tour that uses a Sterling cover ball. Um, so anything, you know, that you would buy in the 35 to $49 um, dollar price point, that's going to most likely be a urethane ball. Um, and then anything in that, you know, 35 to say $20 price point, and now, I mean, there's some guys out there selling for 15 uh, a dozen. That's typically going to be a Serlin ball. Right. You know, a Serlin okay. ball that has, you know, a two-piece two piece construction, maybe possibly a three-piece. Um, so that's, that's the difference. And there's, there's obviously different performance characteristics that go along with it. Um, the reason the guys on the tour use the urethane is that's where they're really going to get the control around the greens. Um, you know, and... You know, for the weekend warrior golfers, um, and, and myself included, I, I play to a 16. I highly recommend that they actually go out and use a Serlin ball. Um, Serlin ball. I'll give you, just, yeah, I'll give, I'll give you a little personal reference from my end. Um, you know, I, I'm fortunate to have access to, to a warehouse, a plethora of golf balls, That's if right. you will. Um, so, uh, you know, on my, uh, on my way out, I can just kind of cruise through the warehouse and say, I think I'll play, you know, the cup blue today. Um, and and I was doing that. And actually for me, I, I, I just, you know, I tend to spin the ball way too much off the tee, which, which, you know, leads to my ball being like at times, uh, you know, a fair way, maybe a fair way or two over (laughs) to the right. Most of the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, but what I figured out is I, I took a step back. I'm like, you know what? Let, let's give the, the cut red a, a, a shot. And through giving the cut red a shot, um, you know, I was able to drop a good five to six strokes off my game because I wasn't playing the right ball for me. And I think that's a general misconception that, unfortunately, the market has is oh, for this, sure. you know, this, yeah, this fill-in-the-blank golf ball is going to make me play like that guy out, you know, out there right. on, oh, that, on you Sundays. You see it every day in a pro shop. A guy walks up and says, oh, I'll take a box of the Pro Vs because that's they just think that that's what the guy on tour plays. So that's what they should play when, like you said, in reality, if that ball spins too much off the driver, they're hurting themselves 10 times more than they would be if they played a cheaper ball. They'd be saving money and taking strokes off of their game. Exactly. Exactly. So how exactly does, so, so here's the lineup. So the lineup of cut golf balls, we've got a cut blue, which is a four piece and that's a urethane cover. We've got cut gray, a three piece urethane cover, a cut white, which is a three piece with a Serlin cover. And then the cut red is a two piece. Now, how does the lineup work as far as being comparable 
to other golf balls that we've, you know, the part of the big boy, as we call them, brands. Right. So we we actually don't really take much pleasure in in calling out our competitors, you know, on on a direct basis. So what I would say is, you know, take cut blue and cut gray, and then you're going to have balls in that, like I said, in that thirty five to forty nine cent. I'm sorry, forty nine dollar price point category. Right. Um, now does one spin so a little less that, than the other? Is one like a you know a, a harder or a softer version of the other? Yes. So gray is going to be a softer feel. Uh-huh. It's going to spin less since you have one less layer in that ball. Right. Um, so yeah. So gray would be you know the one that's going to have a softer feel, have the response and the performance. You know, green side. Um, without that added spin that you're going to get from from cut blue, right? With the blue, and then that's exactly it. So you guys sent me uh, a dozen of each, the blue and the gray, and I played them uh, just last weekend. And I'll tell you that I really enjoyed the gray. I noticed the spin difference uh, off the driver. It was less spin. If I did miss it slightly, it didn't uh, curve as far to the right as the blue would. The blue is a little more spinny, but I also noticed a little more spin around the greens of the wedges on the blue, which is sometimes you've got to give up a little bit of that to stay in bounds off the tee. So I definitely say that playing these balls, the only difference I notice, and this is probably something you can answer, is I notice they're a little more pure white than the golf balls that we see at the normal price point range at the $49 to $40 price point range. They seem to be a little whiter but they seem to last a little longer as well. Is there a reason? Yeah. So one to address the more of the color of the ball. Um, it's something that we have kind of wrestled with on, on our side right. um, since the beginning. I, <laughs> I, I, I have no problem, you know, saying out loud and, and being transparent with this when we, you know, maybe the look of the ball is something that we're never a hundred percent with. And we are actually, as we speak, you know, addressing that issue right now. Um, because we'd like to make sure that we get like a dollar white right. on the ball. Um, and then in regards to the durability of the ball. Yeah. I mean, if you look at some of the higher, you know, those higher end balls that are in the market, if you look at the outer, at the outer cover layer, they're going to be a little bit thinner, um, you know, and, and that's why those guys get, you know, pretty good feel and performance because their their urethane layers are thin. If you look at ours, ours by design was actually it's, it's a little bit thicker, right, it's on the thicker side. So you're going to get better durability, and that's why you know you know our our spin does tend to be a little bit higher due to the thickness of that layer. Yeah, I noticed in playing nine holes, I played nine holes, I hit two shots on each hole, played a blue and a gray, but I noticed that the durability at the end of nine holes, once I cleaned the ball off with a wet you know, with a wet cloth, the ball looked still brand new. Not a lot of abrasions. I uh, didn't see the marks on the wedges hitting down. Uh, really, the ball seems to be extremely durable, which I like because too many times you pay that kind of money for a golf ball, you hit it a couple times, and it's got some scars on it, and then that's not even hitting a tree or a car path or anything else. Right. And we've seen that just through our testing process over here um, where we'll pull, you know, the guys who we're testing against, we'll pull, you know, two or three of their balls out of the session and they're, they're beat up pretty good. Right. Um, But 
you know, then again, who's really holding on to a ball for nine holes? <laughs> right. Usually it's in the water at some point around the fourth or fifth hole. So exactly. When you're when you're doing your testing, is is a lot of it are you putting more um more of a focus on track man testing or more on course testing with you and say your buddies or how does that work? Do you have do you do you, do you put it on like a like a machine that hits the golf ball so that you know it's getting the same strike every single time? How does the testing process work? Yeah, so there's 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 a few methods here, and you know what I stress um, in testing is that we make sure that we have scientific methods, um, that we have consistency, that we really you know. So, for instance, just to address who's doing the testing, it's, well, one, it's not me for a few reasons. One, I mean, in, in my opinion, that would be a, a it could be, that could lead to a, some biased numbers coming Correct. out of that test. Um, two, I'm just not that consistent. So, um, I, I've tried it where I've tried to hit our ball, you know, in, in, in more of that studio setting, you know, on the track, man, and, and that didn't work out very well. Right. Uh, <laughs> So um, we we just have different ways of testing. We we have um, one of our guys um, here. His name's Travis Russell, good friend of ours. Just got back from uh, you know being on the Canadian tour, and he helps us out with a lot of our um, testing. You know, he's going to be the guy that's going to be able to deliver a consistent strike on the ball. So he does a baseline test on the track man in a controlled environment. And then from there, we take the balls out onto the course to see what uh, the results are like out there. We will then send balls out to a small sample of folks that we know with different handicaps um, to be able to pull in, you know, different feedback um, from a wide variety of players. Um, it's, it's usually some of the guys at the club that I know. It's, it's some folks that, you know, we have managed to become very good friends with um, over the last two years. And they're the ones giving us the feedback, you know, and, and, and what, what I've always asked of these folks is, Hey, be honest with me. You're not going to hurt my feelings right. because actually it's the other way around. If you're not being honest, you're not helping me. You're actually hurting me. Right. Exactly. Um, so we, we've, we've been able to, you know, to really do get a lot of the feedback through, through those methods. And then also our, you know, our um, factory that we have partnered with, you know, has pretty, pretty decent, um, you know, research and development capabilities. So they have, you know, the, the more robotic testing going on, um, on their side where they're able to put our ball on, you know, on a track man, have a robot hit it and also relay the numbers back in. Right. Um, but like I said, I mean, those numbers, those are good to see. It gives us a real baseline, but once again, I mean, you know, making sure that, when we look at our numbers, I like to make sure that we're being, you know, above board and, you know, the numbers that come back from the factory are like, okay, well, that's, that's good to see, but you know, let's, let's really get this into some real people's hands, right. you know, people that aren't, that aren't going to have a bias back towards the brand. Right. Exactly. So, you know, the ball seems to be testing. Well, I see here that you're on the golf digest hot list, a uh, silver award uh, for 2018. Uh, you can get flat rate U.S. shipping all day, every day, free U.S. shipping on bulk buys all day, every day, and they're extremely affordable golf balls. They start out at twenty bucks a dozen uh, for both the blue and the gray, and then they go as uh, you've got them for nine dollars a dozen, which I mean that is an unbelievable deal. Fourteen ninety five for the uh, cut white, and then nine ninety five 
for the red. And then I also see there's a yellow version, a yellow matte version, uh, 1995, a cut matte orange, which is 1995, a dozen, and a cut matte pink, which is 1995, a dozen as well. So how did you come up with the name cut? Uh, it's a it's a play on on learning how to hit the cut, and then landing you know on this business model. Um, it's that you know play on you know essentially the business model surrounds itself around cutting cutting cost, cutting the unnecessary cost. Right. So really, um, so by you know, by not paying uh, the guys on tour and not doing all that stuff, you're saving a ton of money. Which as a consumer. When you buy one of the bigger name brands, you're paying for all of that extra that goes in uh, to marketing the golf ball, but none of that's going into actually making the ball better. Well, correct. And I mean, it, it's even down to, you know, um, Dennis and I just got back in from from uh, visiting our factory over in, in Asia. And I mean, you're, you know, we're paying for a coach seat. I mean, we're not even paying for a business class seat. Right. You know, it's, it's down to cutting that sort of cost. You know, you know, I'll 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 walk around with uh, with a sore back for about three days, but if that means that we're able to deliver the golf ball at that nine nine ninety five price point and nineteen ninety five price point, in my eyes, it's 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 worth it because um, we're really here. You know, I treat our customers no different than I like to be treated, and for me, that's a key point. And you know, it, it goes beyond things like yeah, you know, cutting the tour guy out of the equation. Um, it goes more into the fact that like up till now, we, we haven't, you know, we've, we've thrown the clamshell box out of the equation. It, when you receive your packages from us, I mean, we've figured out every way to maximize a shipping box and to use the best, you know, the best service possible that gets, gets you a golf ball and, you know, in somewhere between one to three days, um, at a flat rate. So there's a lot that that goes into not only the performance side of the golf ball. I mean right. that is that is paramount, but also you know what are we doing to make sure that we are operating a business that we can sustain selling a golf ball at you know at uh, 1995. So as um, as we move forward here, you're going to see a clamshell or you know some sort of you know kind of what you more of a retail. Uh, friendly package because uh that's that's kind of like our next push right now so um that's something that the market demands and and you'll start to see uh, us uh evolve too now will you ever go retail or is or is that part of keeping the cost down by selling them direct online buying them directly from you on your website and then you shipping them out no i, I think um i think that's what you know um what we're addressing right now with with moving towards a retail package. Now this is only going to be available at the retail at certain retailers, um, who we're currently in discussions with. Um, there are some, some names there that, you know, people will recognize on the national, on the national stage. So those guys are going to get a, a, uh, retail, you know, they'll get the standard clamshell box. The folks that, you know, buy direct off of us, you know, through the online store, um, they'll just keep on getting the sleeves. Um, and yeah, I mean, we know that we can support retailers, um, moving forward and still, you know, operate a healthy business. And, you know, in my opinion, you know, I, I think that the direct to consumer golf ball space is, is a challenge. Um, and you know, my hat's off to those guys that are trying it, but I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, the golf ball is somewhat of an impulse buy. 
Right. Um, if you called me on, on a, on a Wednesday evening and said, let's go play Saturday morning. And I have no balls left in my bag. Um, I'm not buying it from the online guys. I have to buy it through, you know, maybe I'll get lucky buy it through Amazon prime, but if that's not an option, I'm definitely buying it somewhere between a big box retailer and, and a green side account. Right. Exactly. That makes perfect sense. So, you know, speaking of the ball and the ball debate, we've had all this talk recently, people saying, uh, and there's people on both sides of the fence and I, I, I stand on one side very, very clearly. And I've stood on it multiple times here on the uh, podcast. We've had Billy Horschel on talking about the, the the ball debate. Where do you stand on the fact that uh, the argument of the ball is going too far and there needs to be some type of rollback? And whether that rollback is rolling back all golf balls or rolling back golf balls for tour pros and letting amateurs play with the current golf ball, where do you stand and what have you seen in your testing? Because you've got – you're seeing much more information than I am on is the golf ball going too far? <clears throat> oh boy. <laughs> I'm just a guy that started a golf ball company. How do I get roped into this? Debate? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Oh, okay. So I guess first, first and foremost, I, I have to have this debate with, you know, my, my golfer hat on. Right. right. Um, because I think that's, it's only appropriate. So I, I mean, maybe the guys at cut have a, a different opinion about this. Um, to be honest with you, we get so bogged down in the day-to-day minutia of running cut that um, there's, there's not a lot of water cooler to, you know, talk about this sort of topic, which is, you know, it's a little bit sad, but it's just, it just gives you a little bit of an idea as to how hectic it can get around here. Right. Um, I guess right out of the gate, I'll tell you this. I'm not, I, I don't agree with bifurcation. Um, I think the beauty of the game of golf is the ball that, that, um, that those pros are teeing up, you know, on the weekends is the same ball that I'm teeing up. Correct. Um, and that's, and, and the that's, thing is the clubs are not the same. The only thing that's the same is the golf ball that you're hitting and maybe the tee that you're hitting. Other than that, their golf clubs are just different. And so I've always thought that our sport that we've chosen to play is different from all the other major sports in one way in that if you want to play baseball, you need to get somebody to throw the ball hundred miles an hour and you need other right. people out on the diamond. If you want to play football, right. you need to go meet Tom Brady and get some other guys to play with you. If you want to play tennis, then you need to go get Serena Williams to stand on the other side of the court. If you want to play basketball, then you got to go get LeBron James. If you want to play golf, you can go to per se, you can go to Pebble beach you can spend your money, and you can go walk back on the very back tee, and you can tee it up from the tips all day long, and you can play the way those guys play it, and you can see how difficult the game is. And I think that is what sets our game apart from many other different sports. 100% agree. I, I mean, that's the beauty. I mean, I think you, you used a great example in, in, in going to Pebble. The example I would use is, you know, we're fortunate to be about an hour and a half away from Torrey Pines. Right. And, you know, you're, I mean, I remember the first time I played Torrey, you just realized, man, this place is a beast. Right. Right. And, mm-hmm. and you go, and then you really think of what Tiger did there. Right. Being <laughs> here in go, South wow. Florida, right. we have Trump Doral right down the street. Now there's not a yep. tournament currently going on uh, at, at Trump Doral. Uh, we're hoping to get some, some, a tournament back here in South Florida. But for years, they played the Doral Open, the Ford Championship, the WGC, all at Trump Doral. And I played it one day. They had a, a tournament 
after the Sunday. So Monday morning, still left in the Sunday setup. And yes, the tees were set up from the Blues. But for a couple holes, we went back and stood back on the back tee where they played it from the day before. And you really get a feel for, number one, how good those guys are and how hard these golf courses are when it's way back there. And I think our sport gives us that ability. And that's why I think the golf ball is the one thing that is exactly the way that you're seeing it on tour. Right. And I mean, look, to, to, to tie it back to, to the initial you know discussion, in my opinion, no, I think the ball's fine. If we're going to look at the ball, then we've got to look at a, you know, a whole slew of other factors, right? Well, what about the course? I mean, are, are we, are we going to do anything about, you know, the architecture of, of the course, the setup of a course? Um, are we going, I mean, what are you going to do? Go tell Brooks Kepka not to lift the weights? Right. You know, are you going to go tell Rory to go do this? I mean, these guys are, I mean, they are elite level athletes right now hitting that ball. They're not weekend warriors out there anymore. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot has changed. Um, I would say since, since the late nineties to, to, to present that has transformed the professional golfer into, into the athletes that they are. So I think that's another factor. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think track man know, has changed our sport in that now I understand what the ideal launch conditions are. So I know if I hit it, whether I'm, you know, for example, Brooks Kepke hits down three degrees on his driver and some other guys hit up. We have learned through TrackMan what the ideal launch conditions are and what the spin rate is. And now the driver is adjustable where we can tweak the, you know, tweak the moment of inertia and tweak this and tweak that and move stuff around. The game has changed that it's so much more than just the golf ball. And like you said, it's these guys are strong. They're athletes. I mean, I'm not taking any anything away from Tom Watson and and Jack Nicholas and Curtis Strange and oh, I mean all the amazing guys that played Arnold Palmer, uh, Greg Norman. All those guys are, were great golfers, but they they didn't spend the time in the gym like Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy and Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson. These guys are full on 100% athletes, and they're swinging the club faster than we've ever seen people swing it. Yeah, and I mean you're even leaving some guys off off that elite list that you just I think we might even overlook. I mean, look at, look at Zach Johnson. Right. I mean, I look at that guy and you just go, I mean, I mean, like, I'd like to just walk up to him and try to like, just at least pinch him. Right. I, I mean, you're not pinching any fat off those guys. No. Right. Look at Justin and, Thomas. And exactly. And, and then we go to the other side of the equation, which is look at a guy like Ricky Fowler and he can still hit it a ton. Right. Yeah. Um, so so, yeah, I mean, in, in my opinion, if you're going to address the ball, well, then we've got to address, you know, a, a few other factors that would go into where, where the ball's going. I think the only thing that I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm pretty dug in on would be no bifurcation. Um, I, I, just, I, I know every time that gets thrown around, I, I cringe at the thought of that. And, it, and, and that cringe isn't anything having to do with our business here. It's just me is, is more of the golf purist just thinking, nah, I don't, I don't want to see that happen. Yeah, well, I don't see any weekend warriors or any guys who play golf saying, oh, man, you know, I'm just hitting the driver too far. I, just, I, I really wish I could hit it a little shorter. So the, as far as the business model goes, I'm not sure that and – and I'm including the big boys in on this as well, not just, not just you, know, you guys. I can't see where anybody would have to spend the R&D, the research and development money, 
to create a ball that goes a shorter distance, nobody you would never be able to sell those and recoup your money. So I don't I I just don't see where it makes sense for the game. I don't see where it makes sense from a business perspective. I just I I don't see where it's good for anything. I'd have to agree with that. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make sense. But so seriously, if you're you know if you're going out, whether you are just a weekend warrior, you're a guy that plays a lot. Cut golf balls really truly are a difference maker. They really are. You're you're spending half, actually in some cases, less than half than what you're spending on these other balls. And they're at your door in what two to three days max? Tops. Yeah, two to three days. Tops, you've got yeah. them. So it's cutgolfco.com. I know you're on Instagram as well. Um, I know you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, but cutgolfco.com. They've got hats. You can do bulk buys. Let's say you've got a big tournament coming up and you want to do some balls with your logo on them or whatever you want to do. They'll do those as well. It's cutgolfco.com. They've got four different versions of golf balls. Try them out. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. And Sam, thank you so much for taking time to uh, come on the podcast and uh, tell us about cut golf. Try it. I appreciate being on. Thank you. You got it, man, very much. If we can help you in any way, just let us know. Reach out at any time. We'll definitely be playing some cut golf balls here on the program. Appreciate it. Thank you again. Thank you, man. Have a great one. Enjoy your week. All right, you too. You got it. Bye-bye. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.